0: Welcome to the Special Strength Fitness Podcast, where we break down the psychology, fitness, and nutrition strategies you need to know to successfully transform your life. I'm your host, Imtiaz, and welcome to episode 19. Today, I'm going to start the show off with a little bit of a story for you guys, and I hope uh, some of you, or if not a lot of you, can relate to this. So, a little bit of a preview of what's been going on on my end here. Because I'm back in school full time and then some, I'm taking a full course load, plus I'm taking a couple more IT courses and I have you know, other things going on in my life with family and everything else. I am in a, in a state where I'm not familiar being in this kind of kind of environment. I'm not used to sitting down 18 to 20 hours a day just staring at a screen and studying. It, it, it saddens me to say that this is where I'm now, but I know it's worth it because the sacrifices I'm making now will hopefully pay off uh, down the line. But the point is, because the majority of my day, I'm sitting down, I'm studying, and I'm just kind of not moving around. That is an unfamiliar territory for me. I'm used to being athletic, moving around, walking around, doing sports on a regular basis, working on a regular basis. But like most things in life, times change, situations change, and here we are. So that's the backstory of what's been going on. Add in COVID over the last two years or so, you know, it's led to weight gain. Uh, extreme inactivity even though i've tried to stay active and work out and, and i've got my times when i'm staying with my schedule of getting to the gym or doing the home workouts over the last couple of months i'll say it's just been a whirlwind of activity with school so i've had all of the activity i was doing before that and all the results i was getting it they essentially came to a screeching halt a month and a half two months ago so i've been super inactive and this has led to a few problems physically speaking my glutes have been absolutely destroyed and not so in a good way. They've become so weak that when I try to do a glute bridge now or or a frog bridge, I basically start shaking like a leaf. It's terrible. Uh, It's a big sign that my glutes are super inactivated. They're not getting the stimulus they need and they're not getting stronger. That happens when you tend to sit around a lot. And I know that a lot of you can relate to this. If you have a nine to five job or you just sit around a lot in general and you're not very active and you're not specifically targeting weaker areas of your body, you are going to have compensations taking place. Other parts of your body are going to take over the work that your musculature should do. For example, instead of my glutes working now, other muscles are taking over the load. That's not good. I know this happens because when I run now, my lower back flares up. It's crazy. After 10 minutes of running, my lower back is on fire because it's taking over some of the work. My hamstrings were strained last year, if you guys remember, a year ago, August Both my hamstrings were badly strained. I'm still dealing with recovering them. And I was doing so well up until maybe a month ago before school got absolutely crazy. And when I mean crazy, let me give you a point of reference. Not only am I having to sit 18 hours a day studying, going through projects, et cetera, you know, I've had for the last three weeks at least, minimum two, maybe three midterms every single week. I've got a little bit of a break uh, these few days now, but starting next week, that cycle begins again for the next four weeks. Uh, It's just that some of my courses have more than, you know, one midterm and it's just piling on so let's fast forward to today all right i've been making it a point to get to the gym at least two to three times a week and i've been doing my level best to maintain it minus the last few weeks because of exams and i've done a pretty good job and i did this because i'm trying to build the habits again i'm trying to say you know what get comfortable being uncomfortable You might be tired. You might be completely worn out by the end of the day. But even if it's 9 p.m., show up to the gym. Get that workout in because these habits you're building will help you when you're no longer in this busy semester. When the semester ends in December, it shouldn't be this busy for me anymore. So I should be able to take these habits that I'm building now and use them to my benefit. And also, I'll be further along in my physical journey then. I'll be healthier, stronger, ready to go. So lots of benefits of being disciplined and building these habits. So today, like most of the days, I decided, okay, I'm going to go to the gym, 9 o'clock. I'm about to head out the door when my wife calls me, and, and she ushers me to the uh, to the room she was in. So I walked there, and she says, "Listen, um, you know, one of your cousins, her husband, just had a heart attack, and he's in the hospital. Now, uh, this cousin, this cousin and her family, they're they're overseas back home in Bangladesh, so they're not here in Canada where I could just run over and visit in the hospital. So we called them. We had a little chat, made sure you know she was okay, and you know, kind of get the lay of the land on what's happening." thankfully you know i'll call my brother in law my brother in law who's basically in the hospital now he's a young guy he's not that much older than me he's maybe five six years older than me but he had a heart attack from being overly stressed out from work that's the that's the that's the theory at least that he's been working so hard especially since covid restrictions have been loosened a little bit and business is coming back he's just been working himself to the ground and that has led to a heart attack now there I, there may be a family history of this in his family. I, I don't know yet, but from what I've heard, it's primarily because of this stress. So I'm about to leave. I got my shoes on. I've got everything on and I get this news. Now, I had to decide, you know what? I can let this become a situation where, you know, I can't physically go and help them. I can't physically go see them. If I could, I would be there in a heartbeat. But because they're ac- halfway across the world, it didn't make sense for me to just sit here and wallow in my thoughts. I wanted to make sure I was doing what I can that was productive tonight. So I took those emotions with me, and I said, you know what? Let's go to the gym. Uh, that's usually my place of therapy anyways. I, I go there, and I just come back nice and re- relieved. So I said, okay, let's go to the gym, maintain the discipline, and do what I can with the time I have, and, and do what I can, you know, given the situation. Bad choice, as you'll see in a little bit. As I'm driving to the gym, I realize, you know what? This I've got this weird emotional state. I'm almost, I'm almost never like this when I'm going to the gym. I start to get focused the closer I get, and it's a whole thing I go through. But today, because of this news, it was on my mind. I was thinking about him, thinking about my family, and it, it just kept staying in, in my head. And I remember telling myself as I was driving down, that you know what? It almost feels like I'm having an out-of-body experience where I, I kind of see myself experiencing the emotions from this news. And I also see myself struggling to say, okay, like let's get a h- handle on it, let's control it, you know, let's let's try to switch into gym mode and and not deal with this right now because you know you want to be productive with your time right now. Do what you can, right? Uh, so <laughs> I knew that okay, going into this thing, my emotional state, my psychological state was absolutely uh, not where it usually is or where it needs to be. So I knew physically, emotionally, psychologically, I was just trying to push through this, you know, aggressively push through it at the gym when I got there. Not only did I get there a little bit late because, you know, obviously hearing the news, talking to the families, I said, I want to make sure, you know, we gave that enough respectful time. Um, I got there late and I said, okay, let's jump right into a quick warm up. And a quick warm up in this case was maybe five minutes of doing some leg swings and a few bodyweight movements, which is terrible. I usually warm up for 10, 15, maybe 20 minutes before I actually get to my first working set. So that was, you know, uh, strike number two, if you would. The warm-up was absolute garbage. It wasn't even a warm-up. It was just to make sure that I can move without pain and nothing obviously is hurting. So it didn't warm up properly. I tried to drown out the inner noise, this inner you know conversation I was having with myself, worried about my brother-in-law, worried about, worried about my cousin, worried about my family back home. You know These thoughts were still going on in my head. So I turned up my music and I turned up my aggression because... Anybody who's ever worked out with me, you'll realize when I'm coaching people, I'm very different, I'm calm, I'm I'm, I'm professional, but when I'm training myself, I tune up the aggression to level 11, uh, directed to my own self, because I, I like to attack the weights, I like to attack the exercise, I like to go in with the mindset of absolutely dominating it, because that's what it's like in sports, right? When I played sports, I, I went in there thinking, you know what, I'm going to win, right, or just give my absolute best, so why train differently than how you how you're going to play? So I turned up the music, turned up the aggression, and today was lower body day. I hadn't had a gym workout in probably a week and a half, two weeks because of the exams. So not only did I come in in an altered emotional state, I came in and I got an absolute garbage, quote unquote, warm up. And now I'm trying to drown out my inner noise, my inner voice with, you know, external things just to push through this uh, this session. Basically what I did there was I wasn't paying enough attention to my body and mind. I knew in the back of my mind, I, I had this conversation with myself while, while coming to the gym that, you know what? Maybe today's the day where I just scale it down and don't go for the lower body. Maybe just do a little bit of cardio, a little bit of body weight movements, maybe hit the bag and do some boxing, something lighter, something not, you know, requiring that intensity. But me being me, because I got to the gym after like three weeks, I'm like, Oh man, I got to go. Let's go. So didn't pay attention to myself. Cue the squats. I'm doing set number one, set number two, set number three, starting to activate the glutes a little bit with some bands, etc. And then around set number four or five, I was only squatting maybe 50 pounds. Super lightweight, right? But I was just finding my groove. I was getting in there, I was feeling good, I, I was I was feeling great lifting the weights off the ground. But then I took my attention away from the squat for just a moment. I had one momentary lapse in judgment, and I let that inner noise come through in the forefront of my thoughts. And as I was coming out of the hole in the squats, as I was coming up with the barbell on my back from the bottom of the squat, I felt my adductor, the inside of my left side uh, thigh, that's your adductor muscle, that's in in, in the inner side, I felt that essentially uh, go over something. Now, I, I still have to see the doctor tomorrow and kind of see what's going on with that. Is it torn? Is it just strained? I feel like it's a strain, but it just felt like the actual muscle or the actual tendon that attaches the muscle to the bones slid over the joint or slid over another muscle or something of that nature happened i've got to see the professionals figure out what that is but definitely lost power for a second quickly saved the squat racked the bar and you know hit the floor and i was like okay this is not good uh, there, there, there's an injury here whether it's a strain sprain uh, tear i don't know but immediately i, I, I took a break sat down took the weights off, and I knew. I started gingerly moving my thigh around, pressing around it to see if there was an obvious sign of a muscle tear, because when your muscle tears, physically tears itself from one end or the other, it usually curls up, and you can tell there's a big ball of mass, you know, kind of in the middle or or on, or on one end of the muscle. So that's a very obvious sign. I was also looking for any visual signs of, you know, muscle tears. You'll start to get, you know, purply, purplish colors and, and whatnot happening, weird bruising happening in that area. So Thankfully, you know, I didn't see any of that even when I came home, didn't see any bruising. So I'm hoping it's just a really bad sprain and a strain rather and not an actual tear. I still have to see the doctors and, and get an MRI and get that checked out. Okay, so this brings me to a few lessons to be learned, right? Because as as much as I took, you know, 30 seconds to say, damn it, like this just had to happen, right? On top of everything else that's going on, on top of, you know, my, my, my brother-in-law and my cousin going through what they are which is, you know, really scary, you know, a young guy like him, you know, on top of that, on top of COVID and something else happened the week before. Like, it just seems like, you know, it's been a, it's been a trying few weeks to say the least. And now to hear that family back home is going through this and suffering, it's just, you know, it didn't sit well with me. And now the injury on top of that, right? Just when I got back into the gym after taking hiatus because of exams, here we go. So what I want to do today is I want to talk about four lessons. Okay, Four different areas where you can take a lesson from my injury or anybody's injury. I'm sure I'm not the only one who's gone through this. You guys have had injuries yourselves. There are four things I'd like to highlight that I think will help you in your journey to stay injury free. Okay, And this is very important to pay attention to these four areas. Number one, you really need to pay attention to the importance of your emotional and psychological state when you're hitting the gym. When you want to get results, you need to pay attention to the importance of your emotional and psychological state. I talk about this a lot in this podcast. Your mindset, or the way you think about things, the way you perceive things, the way you approach things mentally makes such a huge difference on whether or not you get results. Right? There's a reason in motorcycle riding. So when you're taking motorcycle safety courses, if anybody's done that or thinking of doing it, I did mine twice. When you take these courses, they tell you never go out riding when you're emotional, angry, sleepy, tired. Anything except for well-balanced or happy and balanced, like alert, don't go out riding because when you're in an emotional state of any kind or your psychological state isn't, it isn't steady, you're very prone to making mistakes and overlooking things you shouldn't be overlooking. Same thing goes with weapons handling in the military, right? They'll tell you if you're not mentally there, you need to find a way to bring yourself back to center or you need to let somebody know because you should not be handling a weapon system when you're when you're emotionally compromised. I was definitely emotionally compromised today. I knew it. I had that internal monologue and internal conversation, but I ignored it because, you know, it's been long enough that I had to wait to go to the gym again and I was finally going and I was feeling good and I look forward to it the whole day, et cetera, et cetera. So don't ignore what you're feeling like. If you've had an argument with your significant other or if some significant life event has happened that's making you feel sad, emotional, or excited or whatnot, pay attention to that and assess if that's the situation you need to take with you to the gym. It might just be better off to take the day off or do a very light workout. So maybe cardio instead of leg day. Maybe upper body light work instead of heavy upper body or heavy heavy lower body, right? There's ways to adapt, but you need to first understand what's your emotional and psychological state. Number two, training small for big results. And this is a lesson that I saw my uh, new physiotherapist, uh, I think a week ago. I've been looking for a new physiotherapist who understood working with athletes, who understood the demands of athletes. I'm not an active athlete anymore, so, you know, I'm not competing in any sports, but I still consider myself an athlete because that's just who I am. I trained that way. I still train that way because, you know, whatever. Uh, that's just who I am. That's my background. So with athletes, there's a, there's a difference in terms of the approach a therapist should be taking. That's my personal opinion. Any therapist out there, a civilian therapist or somebody who's not, who hasn't played sports themselves or who hasn't under- understood truly what it means to be an athlete and how hard they push themselves and what kind of injuries are common to certain athletes in certain sports they'll have an idea of how the body works but they don't understand how you apply your body to your sport or activity so they won't necessarily have the best treatment plans what i've been looking for for a long time is physiotherapists who've done the thing themselves they've been athletes or they work with athletes like on a regular basis that's their bread and butter and i finally found them funny enough loose strength and therapy. If you, if you look him up on Instagram, he's pretty popular on Instagram and I've, and I've followed him for years, right? And I also, for some reason, I always thought they were down in the States. Turns out when I was looking for a new physiotherapist and I just did a search in my local area, they're like five, 10 minutes from where I am. So I was like, oh, that's awesome. <laughs> I had no idea. I couldn't believe it until I showed up and I'm like, oh my God, this is the same one. This is the exact same one. The same gym that he has in his, uh, in his, unit where he films his videos and, and gives tips to people on how to get better and healthier so shout out to loose sport and therapist lose training and training and therapy I believe um, I'll link that in the description of this podcast but I finally found my therapist so I went a week ago and you know they basically said the same thing that I suspected which was all this sitting down even though I have very strong glutes they're weak let me explain that if I decide to do a barbell hip thrust, right I can I can put some weight on it, no problem, right? So that's a sign that your glutes are strong. However, not really, because that's a sign that your other muscles are compensating for the glutes, right? Not saying my glutes aren't strong, they are, but at the same time, there's so much compensation going on, you really don't have an accurate picture of exactly how strong your glute muscles are. And this is important in my specific scenario because I sit down a lot, so my glutes have nothing to do at this point. They just get sat on, so they're not as great. And that's what led to my hamstring injury, I believe, last year, right? I'm sure it's a big part of it where I was sitting down a lot and not much was happening. And there you go, hamstrings took over too much of the work, got injured. Same thing here today. My adductor, the adductor muscle, which is the inside of your thigh, okay? On both your thighs, inside, you have a big adductor muscle, which basically brings your legs back towards the midline of your body. What they were doing is taking over a lot of the strain of, of the work that the glute should have been taking care of. So, why is this important? So, this is important because once you understand you have a weakness, you need to train small to get big results, okay? In terms of the glutes, the therapy that my uh, physiotherapist recommended, I've incorporated, but it, I haven't been doing it for more than a week. So, it's not going to make a significant difference yet. needs more time. Doing small things like body weight controlled glute bridges or, or doing uh, Copenhagen planks in, in which basically you put your top knee. So, it's a side plank essentially, but you put your top knee or top foot if you want to go advanced level on a bench or, or a higher surface and you hold a plank that way you elevate the rest of your body up to that plank these things these small things that you do that help get the muscles that you don't usually target stronger like your adductor like your glute medius like your uh you know mid back these things are super super important because when you work on the stabilizers and the weaker muscles constantly you increase the output you can do as a whole when you do compound movements like the squat like the deadlift like the bench press so You need to train small for big results. This is something I knew coming in that I I have an issue right now with a lot of my muscles. I need to train small. But again, I ignored that. I didn't listen to my inner voice. I tried to drown it out and it led to an injury. Learn from that, guys and girls. If you want to go ahead and make progress without being set back through injuries, train small for big results. Incorporate those smaller things, the stabilizer things, the, the muscles you usually ignore. Incorporate exercises for them into your training, into the day of the training as well pre before going to the gym you know and after you come back do some rehab on them as well just to make sure those muscles are constantly being engaged and worked on and you'll see your results just come faster they come better your squat numbers go up your bench press goes up your body looks better because you're always engaging the muscles that most most of us most people ignore point number 3 warm ups increase in value as you get older this is something i've alluded to a, a while back but as you get older your training needs to adapt Me personally, I can't train anymore like I did when I was in my twenties. It's not because I don't know how to or want to. I want to train like that, but my body just doesn't keep up the same. The weight doesn't come off as easy. The muscle doesn't come on as easy. The injuries, they're coming on way more frequently now for me, way more, you know, way easier. And because I'm so in touch and in tune with my body, I can sense it. I knew last year when the hamstring injuries happened, I knew right away that, okay, this is definitely something that I have to pay attention to because I'm getting older and it shows, you know, my body's letting me know, hey, you can't perform at the same level anymore, even if your weight is down. So these are these are unfortunate truths, hard truths of life, and you have to accept them and you have to work with them. Now, my typical warm ups when I go into the gym, this is my personal warm up that I like to do for most things, most days. I'll usually go and start on the boxing bag. Usually nowadays and most gyms they have one of these. If they don't, I'll just shadow box. Okay, which is basically you punching the in the air, kind of mimicking drills in the air, kind of in a spot. But if you have a heavy bag in the gym, which I do in most of the gyms I go to, I go there. The reason I do do this kind of a warm up at the start is because this helps me get into a dynamic uh, mindset. What do I, what do I mean by that? A dynamic mindset is when you think about moving for activity, for sports, for. For real life, rather than okay, I'm gonna bench press. So I'm just gonna do this bench press one one planar motion, right? There's a big difference between thinking about okay, I'm gonna do a very rigid bench press motion and and stimulate that motion as as part of my warm up, which you should do, versus dynamic movements. Which, for example, in this case, is punching. When I'm punching the bag and I'm moving around, hitting it from d- different angles, different punches, I'm not just thinking about doing the bench press. I'm thinking okay, mobilize the body, make the whole body work in sync. That's one reason. The other reason I do it is because it gets my body heat up. It gets me moving. It's I find it more exciting than doing just a treadmill walk or run, which to me just it kills me with boredom, right? So the heavy bag, doing a little bit of a boxing drill, awesome. Number three, I can control the intensity very easily. So I can go ham on the bag and just completely smash it to bits, or I can be technical about it depending on the day. On lower body days, I'll usually do very light hands, but I'll incorporate some knees and some light kicks, some pivoting, some movement drills, just to get the lower body really moving dynamically. And then I'll go into more activity or exercise-specific warm So in the case of today, if I had done my usual ones, I would have done the heavy bag, and then I would have gone into more of my pre-squat warm-up routine, you know, which involves leg swings and, and a whole bunch of things that I can talk about on a different podcast. But warm-ups increase in value the older you get. So you got to assess yourself honestly. How old am I? How, how's my body reacting to the same training I used to do 10 years ago? And what do I need to adjust? And I guarantee you, the, the longer you take in your warm-ups to do them properly, right? Of course, such, there is such a thing as warming up too long, right? You don't want to eat into your energy reserves for the main exercise. But the longer you spend on your warm-up as you get older, the better it is going to be for you. Your body will be way more prepared for the activity. So when you get to that exercise, it's quality. You get quality reps, quality sets, and quality results out of it. So pay attention to your warm-ups. And lastly, number four. I'm going to tell you guys about the four most common areas we neglect when it comes to the smaller muscle. I'm, I'm saying smaller musculature, but really, these things have, have a big impact on the rest of our bodies. Number one is the glutes, your, your butt. The muscles in your butt, your gluteus maximus, your gluteus medius, these muscles are super important but super neglected. As society gets easier and easier and easier due to technology, right, living gets easier and easier due to technology, we ignore movement. We sit down so much more now. We 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 stay in a sedentary state so much more. And when you sit down, your glutes are turned off. For, for lack of a better word, it's it's switched off. It's not having to do much except act as a cushion. So what happens when you start to get active again? For anybody out there who's who's done this whole New Year's thing where you do nothing for like years and years and years and the New Year's comes and it's like, yeah, I got a New Year's resolution. Yay! I'm going to go join the gym and all of that stuff. You realize when you come back and you do that first workout, if it's a proper workout, how how out of it you are for a few days because you realize, oh my God, my body is just super sore. This hurts, that hurts. I didn't even know this this place could hurt. You know, all the all the delayed onset muscle soreness, DOMS kicks in for you guys, and it lasts for a long time. It's because a lot of those muscles that you've just worked out after a long hiatus have been inactivated. They're not really doing much in your day to day life, so they're not used to the challenge. They're not used to being pushed that way one of the most common culprits for that is the glutes we sit down all the time at work in the car at, at school uh, in the office right there's so many places we just sit so you you should absolutely pay attention to the glutes and fellas out there okay let me talk to you guys for a second i know you think glute training is the domain of women i get it in the last five to ten years glute training has taken off as its own little thing you have coaches who are specifically now glute coaches which is absolutely crazy but you know It it is what sells, right? That's what women want. They see these little influencers online and these YouTube people, half-naked people online. Oh, yeah, look at my glutes. Look at my glutes. Grow your glutes, this, that. Everything's become about glutes for them. I get it. That's where the money is. So you have coaches popping up, programs popping up for the glutes specifically. Okay? I get it. Ladies have that covered. But gentlemen, if you are not an athlete, okay? Because athletes will understand what I'm saying here, especially NFL guys, hockey guys, anybody who plays... Uh, a sport where you have to exert a lot of physical force against other people okay you learn martial artists wrestlers jiu-jitsu guys you guys understand the importance of this but for the regular people who don't do that who you just you play lighter sports like badminton table tennis you know track and field whatever your glutes will make or break your performance in the rest of your lifts okay your glutes are a powerhouse they're a power center of your body if you have strong well-conditioned glutes and you train them regularly every single exercise you do from that point on your, your squats deadlifts bench press push-ups pull-ups whatever you want to w- want to pick out it improves because your glutes are the center of your body essentially they're, they're the primary driver for a lot of movement for a lot of motion running okay it should really be a glute-driven activity it really should but a lot of us me included a lot of us me included compensate by using other musculature to take over when we're running hence we get things like you know muscle strains i'm a prime example of it and i love to point things out with me because you know you guys can see even someone with the knowledge i have and the experience i have i still neglect some things just like everybody else and i pay the price sometimes so learn from it learn from my example okay train your glutes i started training my glutes probably gosh. 10 years ago, like I got into it. I was like, you know what? Like this makes a difference in athletic performance. And I promise you, it's a huge payoff. Whether I was competing in sports or not, training my glutes has improved every single aspect of my training because it really starts from making sure those power centers are being trained, especially the glutes, which we sit on a lot and we don't really use as much as we should. Okay, so that's glutes. Another area of neglect is your mid-back. Okay, think of it we're sitting down what do we do we slouch forward we're either putting our hands on a keyboard on a mouse or we're looking down with our head pointed down phone in our hands tap 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 off we go okay a lot of the times our upper backs take up a lot of the work that our rear deltoid should be doing right your trapezius the upper back muscles the ones that kind of go on the top of your shoulders there the two big ones they take they take over a lot of the work that your deltoid should be doing the shoulder muscles at the very side of your body Because you're always in that weird hunched over position. And because of the way we're sitting in our postural situation throughout the day, throughout the week, throughout the month, we're always kind of forward postured. That position wrecks your back. You guys know if you have back pain, you already know what I'm talking about. So one of the things that I've found is when you start training your mid-back, okay, you start training your rhomboid muscle, which is the one in between your shoulder blades of the back there. You start training your mid-back by doing mid-back focused rows, It really makes a huge difference to your posture. As well, once your posture improves, so does your performance in the rest of the exercises in the gym. Okay, 100%. If you guys are working on your chest, and I know a lot of guys do, if you guys want that nice chest, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger style, it won't look that great if you're hunched forward. You really do have to work on your mid-back to pull your posture back, to, to display the pecs, right? So no matter what your goal is, whether it's aesthetics, you want to look like Arnold, whether it's performance, whether it's just daily life, or whether you just suffer from back pain, chain your mid-back. One of the best exercises that I I can recommend for that is you guys all know the seated cable rolls, right? Okay. It does matter here what kind of grips you use, so I recommend using a variety of it, but here's the sort of the general trend you should look for. When you get into position for the seated cable rolls, you have usually the triangular grip, the metal V-looking grip. That's all great, but that's really working your brachioradialis and and muscles in the forearm more so than your mid back. If you want to work the mid back, I recommend going with one of the wider grips. Okay. It's usually one of the pull up, the pull down, uh, lat pull down grips. They're a little bit wider. There's one where you can grab it sort of sideways, so not. Uh, your palms aren't facing down or up they're just kind of facing towards each other and the grips on the side of this bar it's a little bit longer that's a really good one because it forces your elbows up a little bit and forces your arms wider so you can really pull back with your mid-back another trick here another tip here is if you have a cable rowing machine that has two hook attachments so not just a one uh, carabiner but two carabiners and two separate cables that's awesome because then you can do individual grips on either one of them and roll with that that's probably my preferred method because with that one I can flare my elbow or tuck my elbow in to get different parts of the musculature a little bit more work and work the mid back selectively a little bit more so that's another tip for the mid back try that one out area number three and this is personally affecting me today so I'm I'm kicking myself here because I'm in a lot of pain as I'm recording this you know any movement I do to bring that left leg closer to the midline it's excruciating uh, depending on the angle. uh, But this area we neglect all the time is our adductors and our abductors. For those of you not too familiar with what the abductor and adductor muscles are, your abductor muscles, think of the word here, the abductor, it's abducting, taking something away. The abductor muscles are taking your limbs away from the midline of your body. So anytime you, let's say you're trying to do the splits, okay? It's a terrible example, but go with it. If you're trying to do the splits, the side-based splits, your legs are moving away from the midline of your body. You're abducting. Okay, so that's your, typically your glute glutes. Okay, that's what's helping you abduct. The adductor muscles are the ones that bring your legs closer to midline. So anytime you try to bring your f- stand stand up tall and bring your feet together, when you bring your feet together, the inner thigh muscles, the ones in the middle of the thigh, those are adducting. They're add adding. Your limbs back to the midline of your body. So think of it in that terms. Uh, I think I might have mixed up the two early in this podcast. So if I did, I apologize. But that's what the abductor and the adductor muscles are. Now, my example today, you know, I'm crying about it now, but my adductor muscles, the ones that bring my leg in, my left adductor is the one that I strained when I was doing my squats. It's not a fun feeling. It's super sensitive and it hurts for a few days. It's not going to be pleasant. But we so often neglect it, again, tied to the fact that we sit down so much. When you're sitting down, your abductor, adductor don't have to do anything. And when we're moving around, your abductor, adductor helps stabilize the position of the thigh, but they're doing very minimal work, right? Most of our motion is forward and back. We're walking forward or very rarely we'll walk backwards. Your abductor and adductor don't really have a lot to do here, okay? When, when's the last time you guys moved laterally, right? Think of the scenarios in your life where you have to go sideways, Right. If you go left, if you're moving laterally to the left, okay. Yeah, your adductors and abductors are working to help you do that. If you go laterally to the right, yes, they're helping. But when's the last time you do that on a regular basis? If you're an athlete playing sports, yes, this is even more important for you because sports usually involves a lot of change in directions, and to do that, your abductors and adductors absolutely should be strong. You know, they've they've had. Uh, professional athletes who've been in their sport for 10 years, you know, specifically soccer. They've taken women who've played soccer and actually tested them with specific exercises that help strengthen the abductors and adductors. And they've found that because these athletes have gotten so used to playing their sport and moving around without training the abductor and adductor, when they challenge the adductor or an abductor muscle, they're failing they they can't they can't resist the pressures on those muscles because they haven't trained them so their body has gone ahead and compensated for the abductor and adductor through other muscles and 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 the ways in in which it adjusts itself to make the motion happen so even in professional athletes this is a very neglected muscle right even in athletes who should be taking care of this muscle it's not it's not being taken care of this is one of those ones that like you guys can see me today i'm suffering because i didn't pay attention to myself i didn't pay attention to the fact that i might be able to injure myself there and it happened take this lesson from me pay attention to the abductor and adductor muscles now super easy way to work them in the gym okay this is like you, you can't mess it up you guys know those machines in the gym every gym has it where you sit down uh so for the abductor muscles that take your limbs away from midline you basically sit down the pads go on the outside of your knees and you open up your legs and bring them back in right that's the abductor machine And then the opposite, we have the adductor machine where you sit with your legs wide open on the machine and the pads are on the inside of your knee and you're trying to squeeze those pads together and the machine brings it back uh, out again. That's your adductor machine. Simple, like keep it super simple. Start with these machines, right? This is one of those occasions where machines are great. It's awesome. It doesn't require a lot of work if you just go from the beginner level and slowly work your way up the strength chain, but your abductors and adductors should absolutely be getting a lot of attention from you especially if you sit down a lot guarantee you it'll change your training it'll change your health it'll change the way you feel and it will take away a lot of your pain because understand that if you're feeling back pain or hip pain or pain somewhere else in your body it usually originates somewhere else okay the pain in your lower back is usually because it's overcompensating for something else not working somewhere else so your whole body is connected in a chain And it's best to work these smaller muscles to help prevent and alleviate any issues you're having with it. Finally, the fourth area of neglect, and this ties into what I just talked about with the whole body being connected in a chain, it's your feet. When's the last time you chained your feet? When's the last time you chained the arch of your foot? A lot of people, myself included, have flat feet. It absolutely sucks. It hurts. I can't run for a long time without the bottom of my foot being on fire and it just feels like I'm stepping on needles and glass. It's just not fun. But when's the last time you trained your feet? And did you know you could train your feet? There's many ways to train it, right? There's so many resources online that'll show you how to actually train your feet, your your grip strength with your toes, you know, working that arch muscle. There's, there's wedges where you can use that to help improve your arch. This is something I personally have been doing for a few years because I realized, you know, my flat feet it hindered a lot of my athletic uh, performance back in the day. And even now, I know as I get older, it's going to become important because if I don't take care of my feet, that can cause and has caused before, pain in the knees, pain in the hips, pain in the back, pain in the upper back, right? Issues that compound over time. and as I get older, these are important to me because I want to get older and be and be able to live my life, move around and not be constrained because of my physical limitations. So start now. The very basic thing you you should be doing with your feet at the very minimum is after a long day, even if you've trained or if you haven't trained and you just went to work or you just sat down the whole day, take a little massage ball. Any ball will do, but I, you can use a lacrosse ball or get a specific yoga ball or a massage ball, something small, but has a little bit of grip. Put that on the floor and roll your feet. Even those wooden feet rollers you can buy at these Chinese stores, which I, you know, I, my wife got one and I use it more than her because it just helps me loosen up the fascia underneath the foot, helps the feet kind of get some circulation going in there and it takes care of the foot. So that the next day when I wake up, the foot is functional. It's not tied up and tight because of the fascia and the tightness from the day before. The fascia kind of being sticky. It's so important and it's such a relief, right? Think about, think about the last time you got a foot massage. How good did that feel, right? You can do a version of a foot massage to yourself every single day if you just incorporate rolling the foot on a ball of some kind and getting, the, getting those muscles and fascia nice and loose down there. So what did we learn from today's show? Right? What are some of these takeaways that you should absolutely remember? Let me summarize again. Number one, don't ignore the importance of your emotional and psychological state. If you want good results and you want to train safely and you want to get the best out of your training session, sometimes you got to ignore the plan, listen to yourself, listen to your body, listen to your mind, and adjust. If that means not going to the gym, so be it. If that means changing your workout to something completely different, so be it. Screw the plan. Listen to yourself, right? You'll always be able to come back. But if you injure yourself, well, now you're on the shelf and you get a weight. Don't be like me. Listen to your body. Number two, training small for big results. You absolutely need to pay attention to the stabilizers, the weaker muscles. If you have a specific issue, address it, right? If you hunch over all the time because you're always on the computer, address it. If you sit down like me all the time, address the glutes. Train small because it will lead to big results. Number three, what well, the warm ups increase in value as time goes on. So don't ignore the warm-ups and stop doing just a basic treadmill warm-up, right? I mean, that's great on all, but that's only if you're in a pinch and you know exactly what you're doing. Dedicate some time to learning about how to warm up for specific workouts or exercises. So if it's an upper body push day, what kind of warm-ups should you be doing? doing? And what kind of warm-ups or, or concurrent activities should you be do- doing as along with your exercises? So as a great example, when I do my bench press days, I'm almost always between sets doing bad pull-up parts to work the back. Right? It has a few benefits there. It, it helps open up the chest. It helps alleviate some of the pressure I'm putting on the front of my body with the back of the body. And actually my, my performance in the bench press goes up. So this is one of those things where you know warm-ups will increase value. And it's not just in the beginning of your whole workout routine. It's throughout. So take some time to learn about that. And if you guys are interested, let me let me know in the comments and I'll definitely make an episode about it. Number four, the four main common areas of neglect. Number one is glutes, especially if you're sitting down a lot. We neglect the glutes a lot, pay attention to them, train them specifically. Gentlemen, train your glutes. The mid-back, we slouch a lot. We're always hunched forward. We have a forward position all the time. Work that mid-back. Fix your posture. Not only do you look better, you're going to feel better. Number three, your adductors and abductors. Learn from my lesson, guys. I'm sitting here making this podcast and I'm in pain. I'm I'm about to take some Tylenol as soon as I'm done this. Because, man, that's not fun. But train your abductors and adductors, and watch exactly how strong you get with your lower body. And in fact, if you're looking for physique goals, training the abductors and adductors are only going to improve the shape you get. They're not going to be as drastic as working on your quads or or your glutes, but they do make a difference. Like Seriously, it does. And number four, your feet. It's the fundamental, you know, I I was told this by somebody, I forget who, but it's so true. Always spend good money and time on the things between you and the floor. So if it's your tires, don't skimp and buy cheap tires or, or run on worn out tires because... You you may not have the grip when you need it on the road. If it's your shoes, don't skimp out and just buy the most basic shoes possible. If you can afford to, if you if you're able to, go out and get the shoe that's a better fit for you. Maybe go to somebody and get your foot scanned and see what kind of shoe would fit better. I've done that over many years, and I've come to the conclusion that the Vibram Five Fingers, those little toe shoes that you've seen, those are the best for me because I have a very wide forefront uh, forward part of my feet. Uh, you know, so most shoes don't have a wide toe box as it is for me personally. If I can help it, I will chain on those five fingers no matter what the weather, what the condition, because they work the best for me and my movement, okay? With my flat feet, they just work. But it took me time to figure that out, so don't ignore that. And with your feet, guys, just roll them, roll them. Get a s- simple massage ball, a lacrosse ball. Uh, you know, massage balls tend to be a little bit grippier, so if you just want to spend a few dollars and get that, that's great. Lacrosse balls are super cheap. They're like four in a pack. When I bought it for like 10 bucks, it was really cheap. Right? And I keep one in the car, one in the house, one in the gym bag, and one as a backup in, in my closet. So you can take that with you when you travel, and, and it just feels like a foot massage you're giving to yourself, and it has tremendous benefits. I've seen my own performance improve. I've seen pain in my knees and hips go away when I started to take care of my feet properly. And also, when it comes to your feet, train your feet. Learn these exercises. There's so many available online, but if you guys are interested, I'll make a whole video about it chain your feet, make your toes stronger, make your feet stronger, work on your arch. If you have flat feet like I do, you can actually work on your arch. I've I've seen some differences myself. It took me a couple of years of consistent work, you know, just from sitting on the desk or something like that, but I've seen the difference. So chain your feet. And finally, I'll leave you guys with this. No matter what happens in life, you know, things are going to come up like they did with me today, learning about my family and, and what's going on back home. It's, it's heartbreaking for me because m- my brother-in-law I'm talking about, he's not much older than me. When I was younger, when I was in my teens and going to my 20s, I used to hear about people in their 30s getting heart attacks and people like, how is that even possible? How is that happening? Well, now that I'm in my 30s, this is becoming a reality for me, right? Family members having heart attacks, another person passing away because of a heart issue or or um, another friend of mine was diagnosed with testicular cancer. Thank God they caught it, you know, relatively early enough and he's getting treatment. Things like this, you know, it's become, it becomes a reality for you when you're in that time time frame in your life. For me right now in the 30s, it's friends having fa- kids, families, growing, growing their businesses and getting health issues. This is why I'm so passionate about what I do here because I think it's so important. No matter what your age is right now, no matter where you're in life, you have the information now. You've listened to this podcast and if you've made it this far, you've listened to the information you need. Now go use it. Do something with it. Don't just let this be another thing you listen to or hear or read and just say, okay, one day and leave it on the shelf. No, make use of it. These are simple things you can do to improve the quality of your life right away. All right, I think that's where I'm going to keep it at that for this particular episode. Thank you guys for joining me today. And, you know, I'm looking forward to making a lot more of these episodes coming up now that my exam craziness has died for a few days. And until that next time we meet again, stay strong, be kind to one another and take care of yourself. See you then.